Greetings, greetings, greetings. It's time for another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? It's Sunday. We're doing okay. I'm happy. Doc? Doing well. Getting ready for the football season. People are getting hyped. People's dreams think they're going to fight for a championship conference, and some have national championship aspirations, goal aspirations. So it should be interesting. Some people in football for the wrong reasons, but I guess we'll get into that a little more in the podcast. Let's get right into it. If Baylor's Art Browse is lying by Sam Bukwachu, he needs to go. And your point being what? He's got to be fired. That's it. If he's lying, then I mean, give backstory on if he's lying. Okay, what's the backstory? Either Chris Peterson of, of uh, now Washington Huskies, formerly at, at Boise State, or Art Browse is lying. One of those two men is telling tall tales flat out lying. Sam Ukwachu, lineman, defensive lineman, has okay, been... Man. You have to say all that. Uh, that's was, why he came home. That's why he came back this way. Well, that's one of the reasons why he came uh, back this that's, way. That's one interpretation <laughs> of, the, of, of the story. Uh, ran into problems at Boise State in 2012-13 when Few issues, violence issues with his girlfriend, and um, he didn't want to hear no for an answer. And ultimately, Boise State let him go, kicked him off the team, and then he came here to Baylor, set out a year transfer rule, and was accused of well, he was the judge sentenced him to six months of jail time and ten years probation on Thursday night, Friday afternoon. Guilty of second degree assault of a uh, Baylor freshman soccer player. The issues, a lot of issues in, in this. Who knew what when? Uh, Baylor's lack of investigation. When it first came out a few days ago, why, why did it take so long to come out be made public? Uh, the Texas Monthly staff, media staff, is basically threw rocks at the Waco Tribune staff for. Lack of reporting, lack of interest, covering it up, not doing their job as good journalists for not reporting on this story when it first happened. And why did, uh, what did Baylor, the Waco police officers do or not do in, in, in with their internal investigations? So a lot of issues there. But initially, Art Brow said that in his conversation with Chris Peterson, that, um, uh, Chris Peterson, Coach Peterson did not tell him the main, the reasons for Sam's dismissal from Boise State. Chris Peterson says, quote, in that conversation, I thoroughly apprised Coach Bryles of the circumstances surrounding Sam's disciplinary record and dismissal. Like I said, somebody is lying. Is that the only problem that we have or is this Baylor is the hot topic right now? And he says, Baylor coaches knew everything. This is uh, Sam, back when he transferred, told Rivals.com, quote, the Baylor coaches knew everything and were really supportive, so I appreciate that, end quote. They wanted to give me the chance, and they will support me better, quote, end quote, for Mr. Kowachu. Once again, a whole bunch of information. Dallas Morning News, Chuck Carlton, Kevin Sherrington, uh, different writers have said, one of them, Ryder basically said that uh, 
Sharon Grigsby opinion blog editorial shows that the sexual assault case proves that football has gotten too big at Baylor. Is it just Baylor? Or is this, that's the hot topic right now? Baylor is the hot topic right now. Baylor is the hot topic right now because it involves Baylor and somebody's lying. So there's a cover-up and we need to figure out who's telling the truth. And the, the uh, testimony at the trial um, was graphic, was disturbing. You know, and for Sam to say, uh, according to the victim, that this is, he, he said this is not rape while he is pinning her down and penetrating her. This is not rape that she's saying no repeatedly in text messages, et cetera, et cetera. So, and she, and the young lady did go uh, to the hospital or the emergency room, had the rape kit, and the nurse who examined her testified that there was uh, signs of bruising and etc. So there was evidence, sufficient evidence to get this uh, going to court and why it took so long. There's a whole bunch of issues and someone put out earlier today, why did the judge only give Sam six months and guilty instead of 10 years probation if he's guilty of second degree assault? Why do you only get six months sentence? So a lot of different issues going on in this one. The main thing is, what did Baylor know? When they when did they know it? And what are they going to do about it? Initially, their reporting or their version of it was there wasn't much to the story. So they didn't have much to investigate. So Baylor has egg on their face. Our Browse has egg on his face for saying, initially, we, we brought Sam in. Basically, we... Follow all the protocol. We did all this based on what we were told. So, common sense is we take it here. That's not freshman happen. year, freshman that year at Boise State, uh, Sam was freshman All American. Sacks, tackles, you know, tackles for loss, etc. But he would decide that, but somehow he's dismissed from Boise State. And he wants to come home. And as people say, he's co- coach of fraternity, you know what's going on. You can ask questions. You can find out why did so-and-so transfer? What's, what's, what's the story behind this? So for a defensive coach at Baylor to say back in June that he looks forward to having Sam play football for Baylor this fall, despite knowing all these things involved, despite knowing that a trial was going to take place. So something is amiss up in Waco. And I didn't know this, but reading about it, and there's a player, get more information, I think two years ago on the football team, first name I think is Tevin. He was found guilty and is serving, I think, up to 20 years for sexual assault. At Barnes Street? No, at Baylor. In Baylor. You heard nothing about it until this instance involving Sam Ukuwachu. So all kinds of things. And apparently it was, it was on the Baylor students knew about uh, the Sam deal because they were comparing it to this previous football player deal just like that. So why didn't the uh, news and media investigate the rumblings, the rumors about what was going on with Sam transferring to Baylor and then the sexual assault of the soccer player. 
Thoughts? Yeah, this is uh, very disturbing in so many different ways. And the first part that I'll, I'll candidly put out there, um, I haven't had a chance to meet Art Bros, but many of my colleagues have. Um, everything I've followed about Art Bros has been very positive about him co- overcoming uh, some turbulent issues in his own life in regards to losing his family. Um, and, and so part of this is disturbing because most of us see Art Bros as a positive guy. A good coach, obviously, of what he's been able to do at U of H now. Baylor coming from high school coach to do these things is very commendable, tremendous. Most people don't get those opportunities. To get this kind of information kind of blows people back for a minute because this is just not the framework you see. But when you start reading these stories, these articles, and these quotes, um, you have Art Browse talking about that this really was not on the football team from the standpoint that he wasn't on the team. Obviously, they brought him in, and he had to sit out of you. So then you hear these brush back. You hear the quotes from Art Browse talking about he didn't get anything from Peterson, and Peterson uh, quickly comes out and says that it's not true. And then you have Art Browse coming back and kind of changing uh, the framework of the story to add a little more that he knew some things, but never to this detail or level, which is concerning. So you have the personal issues of a coach. And as you allude to, we understand that in a lot of ways that this is not something that is just in terms of Baylor, or just in terms of Art Browse, but obviously they're under the microscope now. And for various reasons and important reasons, and we cannot allow history uh, to go without the framework of what took place with Baylor's basketball program a while back. So there's a connection in terms of Baylor and the framework of what goes on there that we have to start looking at this as a bigger picture. Also, you have the president that has been under a huge investigation when he was doing the Clinton in terms of this is second investigation. So there's some disturbing frameworks about this that um, get to the point where you can't just say this was a mistake. I mean, this is past this. This is to the point where football is getting so encompassing. <coughs> and obviously, this is part of the old Southwest Conference yeah. that we oh, yeah. literally yeah. lost a conference uh, from stuff. And in that case, it was from SMU with the death penalty, and that reached up to the governor's office. Right. Uh, um, so there, there are a lot of ties that, that make this really disappointing. I mean, obviously, you have Ann Richardson and the connection you have with Baylor getting Baylor. A lot of people believe in the Big 12, and this is after she won uh, the race uh, when she was losing earlier to a Republican that was uh, trying to become a governor in the South at that time when it was not popular to be a uh, Republican and man to run for yeah. governorship oh, yeah. again until some of his words where he was talking yeah. about uh, rape and yeah. happiness and ever you should enjoy it were some of the quotes that came out of this. So you talking this long-range lineage in regards to this disregard. And I think you have to look at the place and say, as you said, Chris, I think point blank, uh, if we find out that Art Browse is lying and not putting out there everything is, you know, does this come to the point where you ultimately lose your job behind such a lot like this? 
when all the other things that are surrounded, I'm not sure with the business being this big that you have no much other choice really moving forward. That's where you come from. But then you start looking at the issue from a bigger picture. Uh, and give those a chance to come back and look at Browse, but I put that out there. Yes, if he's lying, he shouldn't be coached. You can't be coaching men and, and um, allowing it. But there is a, a unique component that we're starting to see attached with sports. It seems to be more aggregated in terms of football with the violence, the concussions that we're seeing, and, and the degradation of women, misogyny, which is a American issue. And then some people say a worldly issue is. is in a different way. Uh, so let's not throw blinders and act like it's just a sporting context. But obviously we're talking about sports, so we're going to look at it more from that context as we, as we move forward. And the fact is, is that you have coaches that have become surrogate parents and fathers in a lot of framework. And it seems like you have this need to protect these players. And where they started from and how much distrust is in a disconnect from the athletic department to the to the university in regards to so many believing so many people are out to get these kids and some of them coming in with dysfunction that is not cured instead of trying to help them from the out front you start to find the need to kind of cover this up and some of it is not just covering up for the player it's covering up for the program like what is best for the yeah. program yep. in terms of making sure that we can yep. continue to move forward in terms of recruiting the next back to the kids, making sure that we can hold on to our television money, uh, people keeping their jobs that are worth multi-million dollar deals. And so how much of this is just the big machine and the need for the big corporate machine to continue to just to move forward? And unfortunately, you just disregard lives, both lives in a lot of ways. One kind of deservedly if the heinous crime that we talked about now convicted of took place is the fact that that individual is lost because you didn't really deal with the issue properly at first. And two, obviously the woman, uh, more important, uh, has to deal with this uh, unbecoming of issues. And you're just starting to see these issues more and more often. And as you see women having the ability and the support and the confidence in a lot of ways to come forward that I don't think this is going to go any place uh, anytime soon until we can find a better way to solve the issue um, as, frankly, university coach, University of Texas coach came out and said with the quote today, just talking about the fact that uh, he just doesn't get it. Uh, why men think they can act this way. So, there's a changing in the paradigm. I mean, it started from the professional league and now it's moving down. We'll see how much of this is just lip service. And I don't think it can be lip service because unfortunately these issues are going to continue to come on the table because there's not enough done around it to support and say that this has to stop. And then you have the counterbalance where you have individuals that are taking advantage of this situation and finding a way to monetize it and find a way to uh, put blame on folks that don't deserve it. So this is a difficult issue moving forward in terms of how you're going to handle this from a bigger picture. Obviously, we talked about the first picture. Is there going to be enough evidence on Art Browse to come around where pe where the administration is going to have to take that tough line and say, all right, we have to go in a different direction? And let me add the young man I referenced earlier, uh, 2014, Tevin Elliott is his name. 
defensive end out of Mount Pleasant, <clears throat> excuse me, was sentenced to 20 years in prison for twice assaulting a former Baylor student in 2012. And during that trial, two other women testified that Ellie assaulted them. A fourth alleged victim was not called to testify. So that's a, another Baylor player. Right. And another thing when you started looking at this, we had this with the fraternity up in Virginia. So this is not just in terms of football. When right. you look oh, at yeah. Now we've kind of come back and found out that there were a lot of inaccuracies and mostly it seems like that whole story was made up. But there were some components of when you started looking at the Virginia issue uh, in terms of how the university dealt with internal matters uh, in terms of rape. And this is a bigger picture also. You've seen this uh, with the incident uh, in regards to Missouri. Yeah. Not only in Missouri, that's a bigger one, but just recently in terms of Ohio with the Cincinnati, with the officer shooting a young man right. in the car, shooting him in the head. And the reason I bring that into this is the framework. The officer that did that was a campus police officer. Correct. And the city came out and officials stated that that essentially they didn't believe that these campus officers knew how to be officers and said that they should be disbanded. Now, now think about this. From this framework. And the reason I bring that into this is the fact that the president of Cincinnati came out and said, you know, we're going to have some major changes, but we want to have our own police because they said that campus policing is different. And how you do campus policing needs to be different than you police uh, from a general neighborhood, city, um, rural area, county, sheriff framework and the reason is is because you have this campus atmosphere in a lot of ways where you try to protect these individuals that you're trying to grow and so how much of that needs to change and, and i think that is a serious question that needs to be answered and i hadn't done enough research to go in there and say i feel one way or the other but i do know on campus oftentimes uh, the way that you police let's just say uh, alcoholism if you would how you police students dealing with alcohol outside of drinking and driving but just in terms of campus you're going to do that police it differently than you would in the city similar if you had a huge event uh, if you would you know you police it it may be ported out versus hey i'm gonna give you you know i'm gonna take you in because uh, you're obviously intoxicated you know you deal with those different but unfortunately in a lot of ways that may have created the continuance uh, that the campus officers look at even sexual assault in those cases differently. Well, to sum this up, when you look at Virginia, one of the facts that came out of that is when these issues of rape or sexual misconduct, they would go through the university. And oftentimes um, they wouldn't treat them the same as you would do sexual assault outside policing. And oftentimes they would bring both of them in and talk about the and almost mediate itch and anybody would tell you generally speaking in terms of rape that that's not the framework or the form you use so the way universities and colleges deal with this is traditionally different than how you want to deal with it so i wanted to bring that context but i think this is an important bigger picture when we talk about how we deal with uh, sexual assault on college campuses and a couple of things uh you, you referenced uh Comment from Texas coach Charlie Strong. Here's the quote. Um, basically talking about treating women with, with respect. 
quote from Coach Strong. I can't speak for other coaches. The only thing I look at, you have to value a young lady. It comes down to just respecting women. I just don't get it. And I don't understand why we as men feel like that we can mistreat women. End quote. I don't even. I don't get that. I, that I, is I'm a like, hard stance. A very fair stance, and with everything going on, uh, kudos for Charlie Strong coming out and putting women in his policies in terms of how you treat women over than just getting somebody to play football. Uh, I, I've i got a niece that's in college and one that's getting ready to go next year, and I pray every day for safety. And, and, and that just, and I, I, it's been like that in my mentality for, for years now. She's almost ready to graduate. Thank God. The, uh, NC, uh, National Coalition Against Violent Athletes had a, uh, book written, uh, uh, statistics that were compiled by Jeff Benedict and Todd Crissette. The publishing of these statistics were were upsetting to anyone affiliated with college sports. In fact, the Northeastern University Center for the Study of Sport and Society refused to publish these statistics. The first one starts out with a three-year study that shows why male student athletes comprise 3.3% of the population. They represent 19% of sexual assault perpetrators and 35% of domestic violence perpetrators. One in three college campus, uh, college sexual assaults are committed by athletes. In the three years before 1998, an average of 1,000 charges were brought against athletes each year. A new incident of athletic crime emerges once every two days. That does not include crimes that were unreported in the media. And it, it finishes up with the last two. 20 percent of college football recruits in the top twenty-five Division One teams have criminal records. A college rapist will have raped seven times before being caught. That tells you how serious this has become. If you have a child on campus and you don't pray, something is wrong. Because there is a fear once they leave the house. And you got to drive up the road. And Chris, you and I were in the studio one day when, when, uh, a parent called in and said he made that, uh, made that, that trip. And he was adamant. Doc, I thought he was going to lose it and it's almost come to cussing. But there was a tone in his voice that particular day that said it all. Fear. Of your ch- not being able to take your child away at school. And I'm going to tell you, I live, it's, I, I hate to say it, but me personally, I live with that every day. That's why I pray. Have to get on your knees. But Coach Strong has probably been the only person, coach that I've met in a while that actually says and has, and does some things that doesn't sit right with, with a couple of folks, but it's proven 
that his system works. Because once he gets rid of those folks, it's pretty much a big question mark whether they'll ever be back on somebody's football team or not. Because they know why they were put off the team and they know why they left. When a coach makes that statement and then follows through with it, you got to trust it to a certain point. But Doug, you and I both know there's a systemic problem issue with college with college athletics overall, both men and women. That at some point, if the, the administration doesn't put his foot down, coaches will run wild. They'll run their side. And you, how do you, I'm going to ask you this question. How do you put a balance into that? Not so much putting a, uh, somebody on staff to control one or two or three different people. But how do you put that balance in from the administration basically putting his foot down, but also not hamstringing the, the, the athletic program? Well, what we would teach in organizational management course is policies, policies and procedures, and following your own policies and procedures uh, as you move forward in terms of how you would deal with that issue. But those essentially, now, that's what's on paper. And oftentimes you can have some of the best policies and best procedures, uh, but then it comes a point where you're going to have to have individuals that are in leadership positions that have this mindset at the very least and at the most follows through with it and it's just not taught. So that's individualistic looking at the organization from organization to organization. But as we know, we're living in a society that is built on capitalism. And so I believe in a lot of ways that you won't see a great deal of change until uh, the money uh, is stopped. And that's what you're starting to see now. This is getting so big that the media is really picking up on it. And you're having stories from different angles. And now what you also find out is the investigative part of media is able to dig deeper, faster, more than ever. Um, so now you get much more of the backstory which makes things even more difficult oftentimes to swallow, if you would, in regards to how egregious many of these things are. So I think that's the next road to see what goes on in terms of this. And then you just have the true part of this is the fact that we're in a country that celebrates winning. And we may not want to say it. Winning at all costs. Gladiator sports. No, you just said it, Chris. It's winning at all costs. We like to dress it up. We like to try to dance around the issue that if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And we have nice little slogans that make it look like you, know, you can, yeah, you can be on the edge. Don't cross the edge. But even if we see people crossing the edge, we tend to kind of push back and say, "Well, it was all in terms of them winning." Now, the other issue that you have here also is the fact is what is that fine line? I mean, we also are a country that is about giving people second chance. And the question becomes, where does that second chance come from? Uh, what different issues do we not basically have second chances for? And how do we look at those second chances? I mean, if you do it at the FBS level, Power 5, does that mean that you shouldn't be able to pay for a Power 5? 
you go to the next level. That's your remediation, if you would. And we find out if you can become a good character. Is it in, internal between conference, intra-conferences that you don't do that? So that's the question that where it becomes more difficult to how you set the policies in such a way that people say, I agree with that policy. And I think it's going to change us for the good. That's why those individuals get the big bucks, million-dollar contracts, because these are going to be some very tough questions that have to go into it. Uh, well, let me add this. Let me, I'm going to add this, but also I'm going to ask a question. How much is the athlete protected through privilege of information when you attempt to, when a, when a charge is filed and that person, that either was an athlete or student is given probation and assigned an, an adult probation, not juvenile, but adult probation of, uh, uh, probation supervisor. How, how much is that information? That's a very important question. But, I because think, I, I was. Well, if it's in the legal system. Okay. If it's off campus, it's in the legal system. Uh, for the most part, it becomes open records. Okay. You can receive, if it's within the university's if you would, in terms of what they do internally, uh-huh. then many of those student protection rights kick in. But once it becomes outside of that, you don't have those protections. It becomes a legal, state, federal issue, and those issues are open to public discourse, and people okay. get that information unless you have a seal to something of that matter. Now, would it, and let me ask this question and uh, add to it. It wouldn't matter whether one or, or both are adults listed as adults in the criminal system, or would it matter if one is a minor, even though it's a college student, and the other is listed as an adult? Like another, yeah, uh, if it's a minor, there are protection clauses for minor okay. within the legal system, and they'll protect the minor using redacted names, but the criminal offense... Would stay, uh, can be open or generally open to open records so you can find out. And the only reason I mention that is because the two people that I contacted this week told me plain and simple that once, you know, it's, it's like you said, it gets into the, uh, to, to the, uh, system and a dub probation officer is, is assigned pretty much every Campus can get access uh, to to records. They may not be able to get. Uh, well, you have to be careful with that. Well, well, uh, the, the legal the legal entities, in terms of public right. policy, can allow people to get the information, but an organization may not be able to get the information okay, because they're not in the business of being able to obtain certain information. Okay, well, then, and then we got the big issue we just seen in Florida State. That were part of that yeah. framework was the fact that in a lot of ways the police were involved with the institution. A lot of them were getting additional pay uh, from the university. <laughs> so in a lot of ways it was some quid pro quo if you would want to do with it. Well, how much of this do we want to get out? 
there are some ways where you start to kind of want to protect the organization because you want to protect your pay. I mean, you had the issue when we going back, we find a way to kind of tie all this in because we're talking about yeah. actually oh, yeah. real life situation where you're talking about public policy, where you talked about the police officer going on Facebook and talked about that they were going to celebrate because they were getting over all this overtime pay right. based on the death of the Brown in Missouri. So this is, this is real. Uh, and, and so how you try to deal with these, public policies and the problem is at some point you cannot create a policy for common sense there's, there's some things where you need to hire people and hope that they have just good qualities about them that they have some common decency some common sense but what you start to find out is that we have allowed organizations under the guidance of being a corporate, we've allowed them to become humanized. We've humanized or created a framework where corporate organizations are protected as if they were human. Well, once you do that, that means that you're going to find them needing to protect the organization. So if you want to protect Baylor University, because now you feel it as a breathing, living organization that is worth billions of dollars, some things you're going to want to hide. Police officer unions, teacher unions. I mean, you see it across the board. Uh, when you humanize these and you create organizations that create super PACs that become so powerful that they can influence policies, they're going to influence policies in such a way that they protect themselves. So that's what you have in a lot of ways is that coaches association, are very strong. We know this. We we talked about this open. We talked about the NCA. It's not about whether they really feel that student athletes should get paid or not, or whether they are humanized. It's not not really about that. It's about how do we best protect the organization such that we are financially in the best position. If that means hurting some individuals, so be it. We're sorry about that. But this organization, this human capital if you would organization becomes more important than anything else and that's why you start to see these little nuances playing out again and again whether it's the nfl with concussion lawsuit uh, and so we have a serious issue in terms of and that's a policy we as americans essentially have voted on and i say we i'm saying the majority of us have essentially said okay whether that means that we were actively supporting it or we did the opposite and kind of looked the other way and we're not active in making sure that we put people in positions that created policies uh, and laws that wouldn't allow this to take place. We, we've done it twice. Let me, let me say this. Uh, Baylor President Ken Starr, President and Chancellor Ken Starr on Friday ordered an internal investigation of the matter involving Sam right. watch you. And the key word you said there, and I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's important. It's internal organization. So again, how much are, how much are you really going to put out? Clear. It doesn't mean that you're not going to try to find out. But it, let's say you dig into something, you find something really ugly. How much are you really right. going to want to put that out there? It is a quote from him. Um, the decision was to launch a quote comprehensive internal inquiry into the circumstances associated with this case and the conduct of the offices involved, end quote, according to the statement. Um, Baylor, Baylor law professor Jeremy Counselor, a former assistant DA, and Baylor's faculty athletic representative to the Big 12 and the NCAA will lead the inquiry. He will file a final report to Star 
who would decide on further action. No timetable was given. Now we're going to tie it all tie all this together. The AP poll came out today. Baylor's ranked number four. Ohio State unanimous number one. TCU number two. Alabama number three. And Baylor number four. Wow. Who's five? Five Michigan State. So you got, be interesting you got two, big study, team, two big teams. Two big clubs in the SEC. There was a study that came out that looked at um, uh, over the last five years the number of rest, arrests that you talked yeah. about. In some yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be interesting to compare that to the top 25 over the last year and see how. 918 times in the last five years, athletes were arrested from FBS programs. Number one with 31 arrests was Washington State. Number two was 24th Florida. Three, tied for third, Jordan, Texas A&M, both were 22. Fifth is Oklahoma, 21. Three-way tie with 20 at number six, Iowa State, Missouri, and Ole Miss. Excuse me, four-way tie. Iowa State, Missouri, Ole Miss, and West Virginia, all with 20 player arrests. And then number 10, Florida State, Tennessee, tied at 19. Alabama, 18. Kentucky, 18. LSU, 16. So that of those 15 schools that that's named, you see you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 from the SEC. Excuse me. Well, hell, the top two of the top Three of the top four, Georgia, A&M, and Florida are from the SEC. So maybe seven of the SEC, seven of the top 15 are from the SEC. Ooh, I forgot about Missouri. Eight. <laughs> Just keep going. So, let me count this again. Count it with me, fellas. Go ahead. Go ahead. Florida. Florida. One. one. Georgia. Two. Texas A&M. Three. three. Missouri. Four. four. Ole Miss. Five. Tennessee. Seven. Six. Six. Alabama. Seven. Seven. Kentucky. Eight. Eight. LSU. Nine. Nine. That's nine of the 15 are from the SEC. You won't hear the SEC chili just talk about that now, will you? Yeah, they all remember something. They just took a Alabama, just took, it's a sorority program, just took a website, uh, a, a video, a video. video. I didn't see that. I saw it. I I've seen worse. I've been, I've been, and, and, and trust I didn't see it, anything. It's, it's, it was an implication, an implication of what they were all about. And, it and just wasn't a good, it wasn't a good look. My wife uh, actually looked at it and showed me. And as you said, on itself, it wasn't that uh, over the top. But just the framework of, again, how society is starting to change in regards to not just selling out women and just going past some of this misogyny of, of, uh, in this this framework of how you do this. So in a lot of ways, I think that's why it was just so egregious. But you go back to this list and you start looking at the Big 12. You have Oklahoma, Iowa State, West Virginia in that in the top 15. And then you go to the ACC, you have Florida State. And so another way that you look at this is just the South. South, deep South, Southeast, Southwest. Um, it's concerning as well. When you start even looking at Marshall. Um, yeah. And then you start looking at the Power Five. They're all embedded in this 
when you look at the top 50 schools. Um, so there's some painful and serious issues in regards to the mirror of the top 25 list in this list of criminality and what uh, becomes more egregious when you look at this in terms of your ethnic lens. I think you're going to find some concerning frameworks too that uh, this is going to be an issue moving forward in a lot of different frameworks to see just how this all falls out and which direction you move it from. Obviously, in a lot of ways, there is a huge issue to protect players. And I think that is changing. And what were you protecting from, to me, is one of the first questions that would come out moving forward. And it's, it's troubling. For years, you know, you look at programs that weren't good, all of a sudden became good. And the, the joke on off the record. Be careful. Media days. Start, anyway. Be careful. Anyway. They lowered the standards. They started looking the other way. They started bringing in those type of players to come into the program. Yeah, they would use the new N-word. They, you, you know, thugs. Thugs. Hood. They went to the hood and started getting the players. That's how they started winning. You know, Nebraska started winning them. Cause Nebraska... For a while, Phil behind Oklahoma in the mid-90s, started winning again. Lawrence Phillips and that crew started coming, going to Nebraska. Lo and behold, started winning championships again. That's how, that's how it is. That's the perception of... That is definitely the perception. College athletics. That is definitely the perception. And sometimes that perception is reality. Well, first of all, if it's a perception in a lot of ways... In so, people's minds, it is reality. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if you dig deeper when you talk about that. Uh, one of the frustrations some people had at the University of Texas before the change went on with Mac Brown of how he was very heightened coming in there, ran a clean program. The move started to shift and say, hey, you need to compete more against Oklahoma. You're doing a lot of good things. Money is going to, we want some championships. When you start looking at those championship runs, whether it's conference, 10 plus win seasons, you started seeing a lot more arrest. People started coming down and say, Mac Brown, you got to clean this up. Clean it up. What happened to the win? Stop winning. So it'll be interesting in a lot of ways. We, we just talked about Notre Dame. Charlie Strong. Notre Dame. You know, yeah. You know, how much support is he going to get? Some people are already on. Oh, some people want him gone. Right. I mean, literally, because two because of two facts. One, it's, it is about skin color. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm gonna just, it's just out there. Of course. But two, it's because he's running off kids that they want on the team. Right. And it's and, not and, that they want them on the team, they want to win. They want, no. They, they some, want the wins, and they think there's a correlation with those kids being on the team and the wins. So again, it's gonna be interesting to see, one, can you get kids into your program? That are matching what we dictated as ESPN 100 and win. Because you remember, and you have to wonder in a lot of programs, some programs don't only want to win, but they want to win in a certain style. So Charlie Strong, in a lot, a lot of ways, people have talked about the fact that he doesn't necessarily need to recruit top 100 kids. He looks for kids that are certain mold, they're certain talented, and he can win with it. 
Well, there's still going to be a question. I mean, outside of winning the national championship, I think it's going to be hard to argue with somebody with national championship. Yeah. But there's going to be some people that say, you know, you win 10, 11 games. Well, yeah, we like the 10, 11 games, but we need you to recruit these kids out of Texas in the top 25. And so there are a lot of people that have a lot of different frameworks of what it means to have a winning program. And a winning program ultimately is measured by W's. But some people are going to have it measured in terms of graduates, APR. Some people are going to measure it in terms of top 100 teams, uh, the number of wins, the quality of those wins. Are you winning against your rival? So those are all questions. And that's why I said in a lot of ways it's going to be interesting to see people's true desire to see this change versus saying something in public versus how they really act uh, outside of that. It's, it's, it's very hypocritical. You know, it's society. It's, it's an American society. You can even take it globally in football. You know, other countries, international countries, they want to win the cups. They want to win the leagues. They World want, Cups. They, they, we just they, seen this. They don't. They don't care how they do it. Mm-hmm. How you get it done? I want to win the World Cup. I want to win the La Liga. I want to win whatever it takes. Get it done. Win. You know, I'll look the other way as long as you get this done. So what we're doing as society is endorsing or allowing to slide by criminal behavior, all in the hopes of in the hopes of winning championships. We're allowing criminal behavior if it means I I get to raise the cup, I get to be the world champ, I get to be the top of, in my sport. That's a problem. That is a we problem. A societal. As situation. We, as we have said in the last few podcasts, that's a you problem. That's a we problem. I agree. Perfectly put, Chris. Perfectly put. Wildcat, who are you, sir? I am Fifth Water Wildcat. You can find me online uh, at Facebook and Twitter at Jerry L. Woodley Jr., J. L. Woodley 1. Find me elsewhere at YouTube, uh, Blogger, and... What do, I'm trying to move away. SoundCloud, and I'm, I'm all over the place. But that's a good thing. That's a good it, problem. Hey. It, yeah, yeah. But it, uh, but it, but the moniker that that stands out is HASV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. Uh, I mean, I I finally was able to get all of my videos and my interviews and all situated. From transferred from from quick time to whatever the MP loading up sixty videos is a lot takes a lot and I think I finally got them all online and I will start editing as of this uh, tomorrow because I've got a TSU women's soccer match scheduled for this evening I will be there they are on campus playing tonight um, I don't remember who and it the is. Howard program I expected. Won the championship last year, but was not those winning the tournament. They're back in the business in Hampton now has a women's soccer team. They will have a men's as well. The women's soccer team started and played Howard earlier today, and it was five nothing Howard Bison at the hat. Don Hampton has a, a long they, they, They've got they a long, a long, way, long to go. way to go because uh, Howard has been in the she, soccer business for a while. She's playing St. Thomas. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we might have to go. And that's a, a and that's a new program. Balls, that's a new program, a St. Thomas Women's uh, Soccer Program. That's new. 
Okay. That, this is that phrase, yeah. Good for them. Well, with that, give a little HBCU sports report update. Um, this past week, you had the media day for the two regional HBCU programs, starting with Wednesday, Texas Southern University, where the BBVA, four, five uh, news outlets was there. Room was full. A lot of great questions. He brought in five players, majority of them from the defensive side. So you see that that side of the ball, he's uh, believing will be probably the most impactful, and that's going to be under the leadership of new uh, defensive coordinator. Was Derek Northern. Griffin there? Griffin was not there. They're trying to hold that as quietly as possible, I think. <laughs> I, I don't think cat, that's going to happen. Because yeah, the cat is out of the box when you go look at the uh, news report that you've seen. Oh, yeah. It was really well done. Six, seven receiver got a chance to reinvigorate his number, number three recruit coming out of high school. Number three tight end. Yeah, five-star wide receiver. When, when your athletic say director says, hey. talented out there as well in terms of making plays. Doing, Can he get the ball to him? That's the question. That that, is that, the that's question my on. question. Juco. Coming in, he's supposed to be looking pretty good uh, in practice. But, again, that's a little different when the live ammunition starts to fly, if you would, using that vernacular. And I, I, hear, I, hear, I hear. Then you went down Saturday. Well, I, one further thing, Asbury did say this at the press conference. He made it clear that Prairie View is on the clock. <laughs> and they're going to bring their A game. So, a little snack <laughs> Never hurts. I'm not sure if I'd be the one to go that direction. So, went down Saturday uh, to Prairie View's media day. Uh, and and they started off introducing basically all their programs. Obviously, highlighted by the football team. And you talked about the fact that Willie Simmons was there. Um, he heard a little bit about the uh, that they need to be ready. And it sounds like we're going to make sure we're going to be ready. Athletic director Ashley Robinson uh, was talking about that uh, we don't punch the clock. We always at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> We're we going to find out. We, everybody's going to find out. Come next week. So, at least off the field, there's some good banner September going on. September 5th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little banner going on. So, that, I think that's always going uh, From a uh, fan perspective, I don't think it really uh, really matters that much when you hit the field. we got to find out how ticket sales are going, Doc. Let us know. Yeah. Definitely. I will find uh, out. I know they're out there. Um, a couple of ticket places I have heard uh, above say I know campus season tickets have been going briskly as well, but I'll get some numbers to get back with you to give some numbers. But from this point, sales have been going pretty well. It'll be really interesting because I think you have two dynamics going on. So if you get a chance to really come close to a sellout, this is a year. Another breaking news that did come out this past weekend in terms of Prairie View was interesting was official. Ashley Robinson did say that the Prairie View Texas Southern Labor Day Classic will be on Prairie View's campus next year to open up the new stadium. So that was some good news to hear about. Yeah, that. I guess so. Is it? What is, what's the capacity going to be? Fifteen thousand. That's not bad. No. I think fifteen thousand. You talk that you're moving outside of Houston. If you can get fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand in there, you'll hopefully two ninety will be closer to being done. Exactly. You know, I think uh, well, you'll uh, be very happy if you can get uh, a sellout of fifteen thousand. But where's the stadium coming along right now? I just uh, yes. that. took pictures. Okay. Uh, those that follow uh, Ralph Cooper on Twitter, he has some great pictures because he actually, actually. Uh, watered his shoes to go in there because it was raining day and he climbed over. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. By the hold time, hold time he got in there, his shoes <laughs> were wet. And he climbed over something? Yeah, he, he was moving. He got in and took pictures from inside. The I was scared of him now. You see uh, movement of the dirt 
pillars coming up. Uh, sweet information is coming out. Doc, are so you getting, a lot are of you getting rocked in trouble right now? Seeing all that stuff on there, you, you know, because he, 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 it's, it's, it's off limits and no hard head, you know, and yeah. no no safety vest, no hard. No, they got no, to no, prove he was in there. All I see is pictures. I think we're fine. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you know, because because I know about those he things. He posted him, so he yeah. got himself in trouble first. You uh, know where you get those pictures unless he got a little hovercraft that he hadn't told us about. All right, all right. Um, so. But it's coming along. It's coming along pretty well, though. Yes, on serious note, it's coming along. Uh, they're they're on schedule. Uh, actually, a little ahead of schedule, so they're excited about what is taking place. Well, until recently, they everybody's had good weather to do construction. That's for sure. Exactly. And so those things are taking place. So that's the latest update on the news of what's taking place. Um, top poll rankings are up and out, and should be out this week in terms of documents they should be seized. Sporting updates. So those are some things to keep your mind on. That should be interesting. Mid-major. Uh, you have Langston at number three. You have Winston-Salem State at number two. And Tuskegee at number one. So that's the top three in terms of the mid-major polling. We give you some information there. And then you have um, on the major division, you have Southern top three program going in there, a lot of weight going into the MEAC. You have South Carolina State at number two and number one. Excuse me. Number two was, I should say, number three was South Carolina State. Number two was North Carolina A&T. And number one out of the SWAC, Alcorn State Braves, in terms of top three programs of the major division as the poll rankings came out, a lot of talking banter about that uh, for those teams in there. Going on. Both Texas Southern and Prairie View are starting out outside of the top 10 in the major division. But that first game, whoever gets that win, you would think it's enough to thrust them in the top 10. So it'll be interesting to see what takes place after that. Big weekend coming up next two weeks. Another thing, we did get some football uh, in terms of NAI program. Edward Waters, the HBCU program, started football yesterday, playing some games, and they'll play this weekend. So live. Uh, Toe meeting leather took place as early as yesterday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Any thoughts on Texans-Broncos exhibition Saturday evening? They they got more than just a offensive problem. They've got that side of the ball is... Which side? The offensive side of the ball is it's almost like they've got no effort. They've got average, below average, and ineptitude. That's what I saw. Now, at, at every position. So you're not you're not sold on the quarterbacks at the Texans have? I stand a better chance of putting you a doc out there and just said follow directions. Hand the ball off, follow the blocking, and be done with it. Don't try and add live. Don't don't. If you if if it's something that needs to be changed, you figure it out, and just turning you loose because the the look on his face on on uh, O'Brien's face at the end of that game, directly after the end of that game, it was almost like I want out of here now. What I saw tonight told me that the guy I drafted. And the other two guys that I brought in ain't the answer. 
and that, and and it's almost like he realization is hitting him in the face of what he had been accustomed to before he got here. Am I wrong? Because it, the answer that he gave last night, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, he gave some some, some strange think, answers last night. As if he's smarter than everybody in, in a lot of ways. So it seems like it's just kind of coming back that he doesn't necessarily have all the answers, but. Those that have followed football, I don't think you, you can't find it quick from the quarterbacks he has up front. We, most of us that have followed football were saying this back in the spring when he was signing these players and we was asking the question, who's going to be the quarterback? And he suggested they had the answer and then he could make it work. We're coming to find out what, just like what everybody thought. Like we, we don't have a quarterback. And that's the issue you have right now. Mm-hmm. There's questioning everywhere else, but the question that you have to have and win in this league is the quarterback. And you, I don't see it. Yeah. And you've seen the offensive futility and ineptness in a lot of ways. That's not going to change. How much is, is that? Now, this comes to the crust of the whole issue that's going to follow this team the whole season. How much of more pressure will we put on defense the rest of the going forward? Just through, through this year. I think all the pressure is going to be on defense. You're not going to be able to score many points. Other than making, manufacturing some uh, points on special teams, kickoff return, punt returns to score some points. The other thing you're going to really need is not only for your defense to stop some people, but they're going to need to turn the ball over in short field positions. They're going to need to get more turnovers to help the And probably score a few times as well. And ultimately, you're going to need them to score, as Chris was talking about. So, they should just go ahead and call up the R's in Washington and trade for Robert Griffin III. Now, because clearly, get to your, your, your he is he is a dead man quarterback up there in, in D.C. They don't care for him. They're not blocking what's down for him. So he's not doing a good job either. Two for five, eight yards before he got concussed uh, in their preseason, their exhibition game. He got carted off yeah, the field. Yeah, he definitely needs a new place. He needs. They don't want him there. He don't want to be there. Either. They need to do it. They make a trade and get this. Close the door on that chapter and just move on because right. it's how not soon, working. How soon do you do that? I mean, how quickly? Uh, uh, how quickly do he you? He won't be back it? there next year, for sure. And you try to do this so as soon as possible. And seriously, I mean, uh, I mean, very serious. If Texas make that call right now, and and see what what would be offered. Correct. Seriously, right. because ours coach had one month there. He had one month. There. It's not. He, he believes in Cole McCoy and Kirk Cousins, so. This, he, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. You don't believe in Robert Griffin III. I'm not saying Robert Griffin III is, is all is, that, but he's all but, that. But he, neither side wants to be there, right? So stop you, wasting our time. Let's go ahead and move, cut the cord because you're not helping each other by what you're doing. You're just going through the motion now. And you know, like anything, the worst thing you can do uh, in life, particularly in sports, mm-hmm. is just go through the motion. So will it be? It's always going to be the final answer done through the owner. When does he make? When does he make that, that decision and says, I'm moving forward? You talking, talking about Snyder. Who knows? Because he, he's looking at he's been trying to figure out he, He's season. looking at dollar signs from right now, from what I can see. You know, we don't know what he's Because at the front. Now, that was his, his, his guy. And that's, that's, what, that's what I'm and saying. He's, yeah. a lot. he's slowly but surely, he's loosening up from that mindset. So, again, you're talking about Snyder. I mean, you just don't know. How Snyder really thinks. He, he goes about this totally different. Everything that you've seen since his ownership tells you, and that's from the R's, the name, nickname, 
all the way down to his decisions to overpay for players and build his own roster, bringing in different coaches, over uh, keeping coaches too long, firing coaches too early, giving players too much say. I mean, people used to give Jerry Jones a lot of problems. At least Jerry Jones can say he did does have a, some trophies and and, yeah. and he has changed. Yeah. Many people it, said even before he had changed, the Snyder was much worse than him. Oh yeah, yeah. So, who knows? You know, and he kind of likes where he where he's at right now because that's an, a, you know the art, like you said, the, that team in DC. They're an afterthought now. The R's, yeah, the R's. They're different. They're an afterthought. Right now, he's looking at down the road. Okay, I don't see a whole lot of folks in front of me in my division, so I got to look out elsewhere and where I can just step on or step over. Right. Now, the other question when you talk about the division uh, is Philadelphia. You had the issue. That, that's a strange situation yeah, right now. You had all the off field. Yeah. It's it, 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 going to all work, though. And then you had. They're going to be able to put well, that he's together. He's supposed with to be the genius offensive. So because he got all them quarterbacks. And then we'll he got, watch and see. He has had 10 wins the last two years, but you're talking about a franchise just before he got there. Right. That 10 wins wasn't a big team. You're talking right. about teams that were playing for Super Bowl, Super Bowl appearances, yeah. winning uh, divisional and obviously NFC championships, or playing in the NFC championship game for like four or five straight years with the Super Bowl appearance in between. So they have a long way to go. But then you have the issue with the offensive runs. Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens, was that a cheap shot or not? And so you got a lot of issues going on there, too. Giants are trying to bounce back. So the East the division, they used to be one of the crown jewels of the NFL. No, no. Play. Used to be the best division in the NFL. It's now just an afterthought. Right. So I'll leave it at that, moving from our two Texas teams in football. Well, I guess we give Oliver, I mean, Luck and the Colts, they should move the division, so it'll be interesting to watch them from a divisional component. But Jaguars, Titans, they'll be fighting for the bottom. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. I'm going to wrap up a few things here. I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Notice I haven't talked about basketball today because I am diverse enough that I can talk about other things besides hoops. <laughs> you can uh, we're going to get the full top 25 of the AP poll. Number one, Ohio State. Two, TCU. Three, Alabama. No, 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 no. Oh, bottom is this bottom. Whatever. Those teams. So basically what you're saying is, if you're not, if you're I, not, I do more just getting the others receiving votes if you wanted to do that, you know. I love it. Number three, Alabama. Four, Baylor. Five, Michigan State. Six, Auburn. Seven, Oregon. Eight, Southern Cal. And their coach apparently has a drinking problem, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, number nine, Georgia. Really? 10, Florida State. Hey, he, apparently at our USC function Saturday night, he, he lost, he lost control. He, he was drunk, he, he drunk slurring he his drunk. speech, the, saying things about the AD had to come pull him off the stage and then they kept see him berating him in the back. Yeah, he was like, he have you lost right. the Players in the, in, in the outside. How can like, you leave players? Like, you can't, you know. Now, I, I, I go on YouTube now. I, I have to go on YouTube now. So, yeah, trust me, somebody said He's already come out apologizing. I mean, it's, it's saying that you go. That's not, that's not good. So, uh, number nine, Georgia. Ten, Florida State. Eleven, Notre Dame. Twelve, Clemson. Thirteen, UCLA. Fourteen, LSU. Fifteen, Arizona State. Sixteen, Georgia Tech. 17 Mississippi, 18 Arkansas, 19 Oklahoma, 20 Wisconsin, 21 Stanford, 22 Arizona, 23 Boise State, 24 Missouri, and 25 Tennessee. 
So out of that 25 schools, we got one non-Power 5, Boise State, correct? That's correct. All right, then anyone cares, Mississippi State is next with 100 points rather than receiving votes, and then the Aggies with 61. Gotcha. Louisville, Cooper's opponent, Louisville Carters have 12 points. Charlie Strong's Longhorns have three. Ooh, long ways. Got a chance to add to that the first week playing Notre Dame as we talked about those programs that have went from the top to the bottom are trying to rebuild in a different way. Fantasy football coming up for those fantasy football players. Draft. Check drafts are coming up. Uh, check your rosters. Uh, Jordy Nelson is likely out for the season with the knee injuries. Oh, uh, that's not uh, good. Still, Pouncey is likely needs ankle surgery, so he'll be out for a significant amount of time. It's not the season. So, um, as we know, football and the type of game, the interest in there. Also, I think it needs to be mentioned that this is the 10th year of the tragic events that took place in terms of New Orleans for Katrina. Commemoration of 10 years of Katrina, where the media called citizens, American citizens, refugees. Literally. It led the story for every night. Am I wrong? Yes. American media referred to American citizens as refugees. I got nothing. I I, I got no comment because to think about that situation and to keep going on. And they kept doing it thinking it was okay. We're going to wrap it up because... The KG and Fifth Wood Wildcat podcast. We discuss sports and more as you've listened in this podcast. Listeners and supporters, thank you for your tweets and your comments. I had a question via Twitter. Will our brows still have a job? Yep. Yes. So unless it's proven that yep. he's lying and he's got I agree, he'll have he's not going anywhere. So we'll see how you it all said plays. Where out. he was where wasn't he right? Fourth. Fourth preseason poll. Yes. He'll have a job. Yeah, unless something really comes out egregious in regards to him. And it's got to be. show that he directly knew. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You can uh, catch our podcast on Facebook. If KG, Fifth Wood Wildcat, and Doc Facebook page. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on the pod directories as well. It's good that our podcasts are being uh, added to podcast lists via Twitter. With the hashtag podcast or podcasting, so we've added, we're starting to branch out that way. So we haven't got about the t-shirts. Listen, that's that's going to happen. So we're still working towards that. You want to say something? Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, it was sent out that Judy McLeod will be interim commissioner of Conference USA effective September fifteenth, twenty fifteen. Uh, the role has, it, it's been vacant since, uh, Britton Bernaski, uh, announced in mid-July that he would be moving on, uh, as the executive, uh, and that he would, was, uh, would be stepping down as the executive director of Co- College Football Playoff Foundation. And, uh, it, uh, it'll be interesting how this, for the, how this goes over the season because, uh, from what I was told, media day that uh, all the presidents are, are, are staying in contact, constant contact with each other. But uh, and it wasn't mentioned that the, an interim would be in place. It was just uh, that would be all that was already on staff. But they definitely had 
were in agreement that looking for a uh, commissioner, they had to look for someone that was going to take care of the conference down the road when contracts come up, uh, have connections and all with these networks to where they're able to uh, put Conference USA's brand out there further than what it is and also get in a non-sharing uh, situation. Good luck to her and Conference USA. Gonna wrap it up. It is what it is, man. Yeah, they are group. They are see that. Don't get it twisted. There's a power five group, and then there's a group of five group. And yes, there's a separation. Not not a hashtag. Not a not a hyphen. There's a separation. There's one list, and then there's another list, and they both sit separate. And then there's everybody else after that. And that and that's all. This no, is true. And, and, and my two co-hosts right here will agree to me that the rest of you all, you just died. That's correct. I'm done. Because I even said you're not even relevant. <laughs> yep. But, I'm, but I'm going to say. It ain't, it ain't even you probably. It's just who you are. But I'm, what I'm going to say is. <laughs> That's a week. <laughs> Earlier Sunday, I, I picked up my U of H season tickets. It's did now you, a did member. You, it's a member card. We're getting fancy now. You don't have to pack yeah, it now. Like you got a, got a card for our season tickets. Does so, yes, it get you a parking space? I can walk. No, no, no. That, no. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Did it get you a parking space in the uh, garage? For today? No, 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 no. Oh, no, I didn't pay for parking space. I could have. I didn't. I chose yeah, not to. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know some, some places get fancy like that and you actually use your card now for uh, Oh, yeah. I didn't pay for that option. So, yeah, I'll do that option on the drink during, <laughs> during the season. So that's that's fine there. Did, did, you, did you pick up any food, anything? Did they offer you anything? Did they yeah, yeah this is nice. Uh, oh, yeah, alumni, I see. I got my alumni cap, cap on. on. Business alumni cap on, that's right. Did, uh, did y'all meet and say, uh, complain but, about the one gate being open? But today was fan appreciation day. Uh, Coach Yeoman was was there in attendance, and he was yeah. acknowledged for everything he's done for yeah. the U of H program. He did a lot of handshaking. The that. grass still needs a lot of work in front of gate one. Because uh, the folks are so, uh, it, it, it just needs work. They need to do, it's like you know, NRG Stadium's turf last time. It's trash. They ought to be ashamed of having all that money and know how to have sod grow inside the stadium. It's a shame. <laughs> hey. So, but the high school is going to get on that right now. And that's even worse. I mean, it's going to make it worse. You got the Aggies playing, uh, I think, Arizona State they, yeah. in two weeks. That's going to make yeah. it feel worse before Texas on the field, start this, start the season. So, bad turf will look worse. We got Cougars playing on September 5th. PV and TCU playing also on, on the 5th of September. One's at 7 o'clock and the other's 8 o'clock. College football season is, 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 is here. So, we'll be discussing that for a few more podcasts. Then we get into some basketball. With uh, NBA and media days coming up in, on that end as well. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for your tweets. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for spreading the word about KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Podcast. I'm going to wrap it up. You got something to say? Just saying that they can listen to the show every oh, Tuesday, yeah. 7 8. Dr. Will's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Say it again. Say it slow, sir. Dr. Will's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Um, should be getting hot and heavy as we'll really get into a lot of I'm what's off. going on. I'll be We're listening, Doc. Watch this coming out pretty soon. Uh, told you about the top ten preseason for mid-major and major divisions, so a lot of good things going on. All-American team coming out. So uh, listen every Tuesday from 7 to 8. 
since we're standing time, if you don't get it live, you can go to SoundCloud and get the podcast and just listen to Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. You can find me on social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, also, Rice will be at home that, uh, on the 5th. That game is scheduled for a 2.30 uh, start. Against? Uh, it is... Uh, Come on, Hootie Who. You missed the Rice out. You hey, already know man, these things. I didn't yeah. know that, man. I don't you know, know that. They got they, they count they count on you to mention them on these podcasts because it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> they play Wagner. Wagner College. In what? Football. Seriously? Yeah. They got a football team. That's a FCS school. Mm. Like I said, that's a that's a and oh doc. Another thing before, uh, on the next podcast, somebody asked for you and I to start discussing about uh, uh, how the FBS schools are going to stop that that uh, on that level on that the the, the Power Five group. How are they going to slowly out the? Uh, Next one. The, the, the next, yeah, the, not the next five, the group below that that I mentioned. Outside the group oh, the of five, FCS. yeah, the FCS uh, schools on program, uh, uh, schedules and all, where the SEC is probably the only one that will probably continue to play just because, as you mentioned, they, yeah, they feel, they, they, uh, because folks want to figure out how, how is that going, going to so, fit with, with everybody, you know, you, now you, you, now you basically just closing us out. You're closing them out. That's exactly what happened. We'll talk a little deep about that on the next podcast. Nope. We'll talk about the financial implications. Yeah, that's, I think somebody, somebody was looking for some checks and all because folks said contracts and all are starting to change. Fixing to, be, get, fixing to get eliminated and they'll do up. Somebody, somebody will schedule, somebody in the state will schedule to play somebody next year and game got removed. They was depending on that check. Look forward to that on the next podcast. Y'all don't forget that. Oh, yeah. So write it down, Doc. Write it down. Be ready for that. Yes, sir. Next KG, Fifth Wood Wildcat and Doc podcast. I'm going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.